Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today's episode is sponsored by Lalo Tactical, www.lalo.com. Go there, go there for the very best in tactical shoes, tactical boots, and also workout shoes. Get yourself a pair of the Maximus while you're at it. I might be biased, but I think they're the best workout shoes in the world. Use the code MAXIMUS20 to save yourself 20%. Also, NITOR Performance, N-I-T-O-R, performance.com. Go get yourself some protein you need to feed your muscles. And if you're going to be working out all the time, which I think most of our listeners engage in some type of it's like physical some kind health of and activity, you know? yeah. some kind of requirement to get on this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, you might want to fuel yourself with some protein. Use the code Maximus Podcast to save yourself 20%. Don't leave that money on the table. And we also want to urge you to join uh, our inner circle, the MaximusPodcast.com. Head there, sign up for the inner circle. Uh, it's it's a monthly fee, and you will have a- access to uh, Joe and me for discussion, mm-hmm. uh, to offer advice. Uh, we've written programs for people. Uh, there's all kinds of resources on there, including daily workouts, full workout programs, and also uh, sports psychology type stuff that you can use to better your life. You'll also have access to a worldwide community of uh, Maximus podcasters. If yeah, you will. And that, honestly, uh, that's really my supportive. favorite part. My favorite part of the whole thing because the the interaction with people from all around the world, all doing different workouts, all chasing different goals, but just supporting each other. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it is. And now that the bills are paid. We have uh, an incredible guest uh, to introduce. We were able to sit down with Jill Coleman. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's someone that we would describe as a fitness expert who was really able to transition into the business world and now is a really highly regarded business coach. Yeah, and Uh, and, and we've always talked about how on this podcast, the, the main theme is like what we do in the gym translates into real world and she is just the embodiment of that. Because she started off as like a fitness blogger and then everything she she learned through fitness kind of helped her become a business coach. And that's what she's doing most of these days. So check it out, you guys. Here is Jill Coleman. One thing that I really like that you're really good at is you seem to have a really high emotional IQ. We were talking about this this morning, like you're introspective. Like you understand how certain things you say could make other people feel. Like I feel yeah. like you word things carefully. We and always have the most. Sorry, we always have okay. like the most. Hey, this is this is like live radio. This is what like, we live. For. Oh, okay, this is what happens. But <laughs> but I feel like you have a really high emotional IQ. And the last thing I want to do is hurt somebody's feelings without knowing. Right? Without knowing. Yeah. And it's like maybe I don't know. Maybe you and your boyfriend have broken up and. It's been like three weeks and you're finally for once just having a good day. Yeah. And then somebody asks you a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the only example I'll give with that is is my dad died on October 15th. And there's some, it bothers me. Like it really hurts me sometimes. And then there's sometimes it's October 15th. I wake up. I'm not thinking about it. Right. I'm having a great day. Yeah. And then the phone starts lighting up. And yeah. I'm like, guys, could you just... Well, because they don't know, right? I mean, you don't know. And, that, and that's the thing is like, maybe you don't even know yeah. what you would prefer. What I prefer. But, you know, my mom's like, hey, just thinking about you today. And I'm like, well, now I'm thinking about it. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things that people do it from a place of caring. Of course. But I don't know if they understand how other people feel about it. Yeah. So like, I try to like, maybe the person doesn't want to talk. I assume that if you want to talk to me about something personal... Yeah. 
you'll talk to. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's, I'm uh, one of those people who I think I have a very like uh, small, very small, um, inner circle, you know, it's not like there's a a thing that you need to like earn that right. I just think sometimes it, it really just depends on, um, how trusting that I feel like with that person to not be judged, um, for them to hold space for them not to, especially with women. I could just say as an obviously general statement, but with women, we tend to like want to just make the person like feel better and like, just get over it. And like, what can you do? And like very solution oriented and wanting them to just be better. But sometimes we just need to to vent. Sometimes you need to process. So, well, I appreciate that. I mean, I think when you go through things in your life, you have the option to introspect or not. And yeah, I've had some moments like that. So tell us a little bit for people who don't know who you are. Um, we always like jokes, like, why the hell are you on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. right. Who are you? you, do you do? <laughs> like, what do you, yeah. you know? I don't know. I'm on the podcast because uh, you came to LA and it just worked yes. out. No. Um, <laughs> so for anyone who maybe doesn't know, I'm sure your audience isn't familiar with uh, my company is Jill Fit. Um, started as a health and fitness brand when I was in like 2010 and I started out as a blogger. So it was just traditional like golden age of blogging, sharing everything on the internet every day. And it was really fun for a couple of years. Um, ended up doing one-on-one coaching for a while and ended up uh, people just asking me like, how do you do what you do? And like, how do you make money on the internet? And that was kind of early when people weren't doing a lot of online coaching and that wasn't a huge thing. Um, and so I started doing business coaching for health and fitness professionals. So that's now mostly what I do, but I still, I'm still a meathead at heart. Like I still love training hard. I still train up the street at gold's gym Venice, which is like just the Mecca bodybuilding. So, I mean, for me, it it was a long road of lots of personal training, figure competitions, fitness modeling, pretty much everything under the sun I've, I've done in the fitness industry. So now one of the things that I love about your Instagram, it's one of my favorite feeds on Instagram because I actually learn from it. You're, you seem very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, multidimensional or varied in your content. Yeah. Like you talk about, I love the business stuff yeah. and I love when you do your stories from like business conferences oh, yeah, that yeah. you teach and you, you advise other trainers. Uh, it seems like you do life coaching as well. Was that something that you had an interest in before fitness or was fitness the vehicle into all this other stuff? I think fitness is the vehicle. Anyone who's ever done fitness at maybe an elite level, whether you've been an athlete, even a high school athlete, college athlete, um, you know, I was a figure competitor. Like you just, anytime you dedicate that much, I think, to a pursuit, it reverberates into other areas of your life. You expect more of yourself in other areas too. So I think... It, it lends a, self, a sense of self-efficacy to be able to, oh, I can get up on stage. Maybe I could also start my own business. Maybe I could also, you know, um, I don't know, date someone who is on my level, like on a level, like on a, you know, on a higher level maybe. And so I think it gives you permission to do more as a result of seeing yourself. And also like innate in elite sports, and you know, this is like you're, you can work your ass off and you still could lose. And so I think there's something really valuable about that. So I don't know. I mean, I think I don't really know that I got into personal development until after I had had some kind of like personal struggles and I didn't have any tools and the tools that I felt like were available were very, um, I don't want to say like victim mindset, but it really didn't feel like I was in my power. It was like, you know, if you're having trouble in your relationship, you need to go to couples therapy or you're having trouble with a friend, you need to wait for them to apologize. And I was like, I don't like that. I don't like the feeling of being at the mercy of life versus being able to do something myself. So that's when I started just picking up books. I started reading a lot more, listening to podcasts. And that was probably like 2011, 2012. Yeah. And would you say then you're mostly self-educated? 
Or did you, like, did you go to school for this kind of oh, stuff? Oh, no, no, God, no. No, God, I was yeah. exercise science and nutrition all the way. Okay. Yep. So all the psychology stuff that you've learned kind of on your yeah, own. Yeah, just as a result of, I mean, we're here in my house and there's like probably a hundred yeah, books on the show. <laughs> like, it's pretty much business, personal development, oh, and a couple of novels. The Grill, that's very important. Yeah. Point. That is important. And you have the Arnold Schwarzenegger book. Which I do, is, which is amazing. That which biography is, is incredible. <clears throat> do yeah. you find there's a difficulty in balancing your content? And one of the things that I wanted to key on was you talk about your divorce. Oh, yeah. You talk about infidelity. Yeah. Like you're very, very open about your life yep. and your things. Was that hard to do at first? Oh, my gosh. It was the hardest. I mean, um, you know, it's funny because over the last six months or a year, I've seen a lot of people talking more about more openly about these kind of more traditionally, I don't know, they're not shameful, obviously, but it, it, you can feel there's so much embarrassment on all sides. There's a lot of feelings of shame, especially, you know, if you stay after infidelity or leave after infidelity, like there's not really a right choice. Um, and so when I ended up leaving my marriage in 2015, I was married to someone who was also in the industry. Um, he was a naturopathic physician and, you know, super smart dude, owner of a company called Metabolic Effect. And we kind of grew up in business together and, and did a lot of that together. And so it wasn't just a relationship. It was like my identity almost, right? It was like business was there, personal, like just your personal relationships. And so when I ended up leaving the marriage, there was a lot of even tied into like, what is the internet going to think? Like this is, we've been talking yeah. about, like we have a great relationship and these kind of like, I guess it would be maybe a branded relationship, even though that wasn't really like a conscious effort. Um, and so there was a lot of embarrassment and shame on all sides. I didn't even tell like my close friends I was leaving, you know, cause that, that, that would be admitting that you don't have the perfect relationship or that something's wrong, maybe with you even. And so, um, even though I wasn't the one who cheated in the relationship, but they still take on a lot of that, uh, which is odd. And so I didn't actually share it with my community until 2015, I'm sorry, 2017, which is two years later. Um, and even then I had to get to a point where I understood it and I had all the lessons and I had seen all the angles. So I, I felt like it was at best irresponsible and at worst could be disastrous if I had chose to share before I really had the whole thing on lockdown in a way, you know, I'm not going to share with my followers and like be a comfortable place of like anger and uh, self-righteousness and all the things I was feeling and hurt and whatever. I just don't think that's a service, you know, I mean, to my friends, sure. You know, I'll call them and be like, Hey, can you, can I vent to you? Yep. And you could disagree with me for an hour and that'd be great. But online, especially as an educator, I felt like it would have been a disservice to talk about it before I really had a grip on it. Now, was it, I'm understanding that it was difficult from a personal level to share that stuff. Was it difficult from a business level or was that something that, because I, I struggle sure. with the, should I talk about politics? Should sure. I talk about religion? Yeah. There's like the things yeah. that you shouldn't talk about. Right. Should I talk about my personal life? And right. I made a decision about a year and a half ago that, no, I'm going to talk about what I believe in, yeah. like from my soul sure. in a way. And it actually turned out really good for me, yeah. but I had people advising me not to. Like, stay away from this, stay away from this. Was it scary for you business-wise? Or did you know that, like, hey, this is going to set me apart from Oh, it definitely wasn't, like, a strategic move for business. Okay. It wasn't like a, hey, let me, like, be the first person to start talking about. Because, you know, it, like, you have a lot of feelings and you get a lot of judgment, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, if I wasn't judging myself enough, you know, it's like you get people. And then you get people who obviously knew him as well because he was in the internet space. So people are mad at him and then I'm trying to manage their emotions and I'm like, I'm already past this. Like why? I don't need your like comments from the peanut gallery. Like I'm good. So there's a lot of things. And of course we had, we we're talking about this before the mic went on about people maybe reaching out to you in a DM and asking you very personal questions. They feel close to you. And it's actually called a parasocial relationship where the person knows you really well 
but you have no idea who they are because yeah. they just are following you on social. And so it's a very strange place. And it's, of course, great in a sense. Like, that's how you, that's how I make money in my business is people feel close to me. They trust me, whatever. But it's also feels odd when a stranger really feels very um, caught up in, in wanting to know. And I get it. Like, it, it, you know, even my, even some people, I'll be curious, but I'll never reach out. I'd never yeah. be like, hey, what's, you know, what's going on? I feel like those things will come out eventually if they're meant to. And so I think there's a line in the sand and I don't think that everyone needs to share. Um, it wasn't scary um, from, it was more scary from a personal, to be honest with you. But here's how I see sharing. I see sharing as your business tenacity tool. Yep. Like for example, you said a year and a half ago, you started like talking about your values more like, I think you have to, like, I think you won't love your business and you won't be able to keep doing it if you keep feeling not aligned in that way. And so for me, sharing has always been about alignment. Well, I think it makes it scarier too, because your feed and Joe was telling me this the other day, it's really authentic. Mm -hmm. It comes across as authentic. Like there are some people who try to be authentic, but they're not. (laughs) (laughs) You can't try to be authentic. Like they're faking Mm -hmm. it, but what you post, I'm like, this girl, a hundred percent of me believes that you live the life that you post, which I imagine in a way would make it more difficult as well. Because you're really sharing yourself. You're not like a yeah. WWE character right, right, right. where you're putting yeah. on makeup and you're, you're coming out and acting a certain way. Like you're just really. I literally mm, would not even know that, how to do that to be honest. But that's, <laughs> that, I think that's kind of an interesting thing to bring up, Bobby, because your feed for a long time really was a WWE character before you started posting more about your values and where you stood. Yeah. And I think that was a, it was a mental shift for the audience. And you can see that in the comments. You really? can see that in the interaction. Oh, I, I had a hard time with uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Because they just like, wanted... No, I think... I, I, I want to be careful how I say this. Canada is a very different place than the United States. Canada is very liberal across yeah. the board. Like, yeah. even our conservatives are liberal people. Yeah. Like, we have health care. We have gun control. Yeah. Uh, gay marriage isn't even a question. Right. Like, isn't it's like a, weed uh, totally legal now? Weed's legal. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a woman's right to choose, and that will never be debated in our yeah. country. Like, yeah. this is what happens. And so... Down here, people are very polarized. Yeah. Like, if you like guns, you also like oil. You're against gay marriage. Like, there's a list of things yeah. that you kind of believe in. You yeah. follow on one side That's of the true. fence or the other. And I think you see a person who's six foot three, two fifty five, fought in the UFC and was a cop. That automatically assumes that I have to believe all kinds of sure. things. And then you find yeah. out that I'm a fairly sensitive, very liberal yeah. person. Multifaceted. Like, that yeah. eight comments came out. Oh yeah. Like, how can you do this? How yeah, can you? It didn't like it. fit their narrative. It right? didn't fit yeah. their yeah. narrative about who I would be or like, I'm, I'm pro-military, but like, how yeah. can you then right. believe in this? So it was actually really interesting when I started to share stuff because people had constructed a view of who I was. And really all I was doing was showing 25% of myself on the internet, yeah. 20% of myself on the internet. Yeah. And people had filled in the blanks sure. of the other 80%. Yeah. So Makes sense. one thing that I love about what you do, and you were a bit of an inspiration for me to do that, was like, I'm just going to start talking about stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to let it out. If people like it, they like it. And if they don't, well. I think you kind of have to do that. You know what I mean? I think that, again, I've been doing the, like, internet business, like, you know, kind of thing for nine years. And it's been, there's been many iterations, right? There's been like many versions of the business because you have to keep iterating. Otherwise you'll just hate 
like that's how I see it. I see if it's a personal brand, like you have to represent as yep. closely as you can. And if you don't have that sense of alignment, you feel it. Like you feel it inside. You don't like being on social media. You don't want to show up to your business. You are constantly complaining about people. You know what I mean? And that's your fault. Like that's how I see it. I'm like, if I don't like my job, like I need to fix that. And so for me anyway, being, and I think starting as a blogger helped because that was really like a day, like a daily journal yep. almost, you know, like, Hey, we're going here, we're doing this. And, and so people have come along for the ride and I'm trying to think if I, you know, one of the things that has been new for me in the last, I would say two years is, um, I don't share a lot about social justice in my business. I'm obviously not an expert in that, but I'm very sensitive to it. And that's been new for me. I mean, that sounds like so embarrassing to say, but, um, right after Charlottesville, that was a moment where I was like, damn, like, holy shit, I have a lot of privilege that I don't quite understand what that means yet. And so I got really like this feeling is almost like this, uh, you know, kind of like existential crisis of like, how do I start understanding this stuff better? And as obviously a voracious reader and someone who values education, I was like, what books can I start reading? And like, well, how can I start understanding this? So for me, education in that way has always been, and I, and I, I love it. Like to me, I enjoy learning about it. It doesn't feel, I think a lot of people who, you know, people of privilege, white people, like we just get scared. We think like, oh my God, like white guilt, like we just feel guilty and all this kind of stuff. And for me, um, it has been a personal pursuit over the last couple of years. Um, but I'm not talking about it as an expert in my business, if that makes any sense. So, so where do you draw that line though? Because you do want to be authentic. You do want to be real yeah. on your feed. But there's obviously stuff that you're not necessarily sharing. So where do you draw that line? So I'm not going to share on like being like on the books that I'm reading necessarily. I mean, if I'm reading a great book that I feel like is, you know, like is of service, I will share it. So for me, my goals in the business is being trying to be more inclusive. That's really what it is for me. Right. So if there's, for example, someone in a marginalized group who's doing amazing work, I'm going to try and promote them if I can. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And I'm not going to promote them about so like they're sharing social justice at work, I'm going to share them because they're an amazing writer or they're an amazing creative or they're an amazing business owner. Like they're doing something amazing. And I just, it's not that I necessarily wasn't looking for that. I'm just trying to be way more inclusive and, and uncover my blind spots. You, I guess what, what I'm hearing then is you, you kind of stay in your lane. Like you've, you've got your area that you're, you're good at sure. expertise, yep. but where there's opportunities, you, way and, and kind of measure the value. The podcast is an amazing opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. To bring on guests to continue to it. Do you feel that as a growing, I hate the word influencer, right? because I don't know what it means. Right. Like you could have 500,000 followers. I don't know what you influence. <laughs> right, right, right. But as a public figure, yep. like people look up to you, they reach out to sure. you, your, your business seminars are packed, people come to you for life advice. And this is something that I've actually had within myself. Do you feel a growing sense of responsibility to speak out for what you believe is right? Or does that kind of, is that kind of like, I do, but it's, you know, again, it's from, it's, I always do, but it's from a place of, um, personal experience. So I'll give you an example. One of the things that is really important to me within my business and within my relationships. And I think as a result of going through infidelity and things like that is, I mean, integrity is everything to me. Like yep. it is 100% everything to me across the board. So for me, when I hear of, internet business, you know, people who are over promising, under delivering, not like they're lying to people. There's like all this kind of like, you know, lying about their income and things like that. Like that gets me heated. I hate that. It's the same thing as uh, filtering an image on the internet, right? It's the exact same thing. If someone says I'm a seven figure business owner. There's no way for us to verify oh, I read that. Your, I read your post about this renting Bentley's. Oh yeah. I mean, we were talking about jet. this yesterday. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it, and so for me, I feel an obligation to, 
speak to places that I feel like there is a lack of integrity and there isn't, there's the, in the fitness space, right? Social media space, internet business space, but I don't understand. I think some of them more like, I don't have a, I would say a good enough understanding of social justice to know the nuances yet. Do you, do you think though, there's a safe place to talk about certain things and, and, and to explain that better in my mind, and some people, I mean, listeners can feel free to disagree. There's things in my mind that are definitely wrong. Like you can't sure. even argue with me. So if you tried to argue with me that there should be a pay gap, you can't. Right. That's just not fair. Um, you can't argue to me that racism is okay. We did a whole podcast on toxic masculinity. I know. That's it's, actually why I yeah. wanted to get you on. Okay. It's not okay to be an asshole. No. Like, and you'll never be able to argue with me about that. Like, it's just... If you don't, like, and this will sound bad, but if you believe that you can speak to a woman that way, you're an idiot. Right. Like, plain and simple, there is right and wrong. And it's funny because we even talk about even racists know it's not okay to be racist Mm -hmm. and they hate being called racist. It's like a a shameful, it's a shameful thing. So I, I feel that there is a safe place to talk about certain things is that how you'd kind of dip your toe in because i know there's a lot of people that wish they had more of a voice so they want to speak out more but are kind of like i don't know i I, i'm not sure you know i i kind of think it's similar to you would ask me about you know sharing about my marriage and divorce and stuff like i again i think it's a disservice to speak on something that i don't have mastery over yet same exact thing Mm in this realm right so when i think of a safe space to like to to try and process my privilege and like understand what that means and like and what my beliefs are around that Um, I just talk to friends who are also doing that work. You know, like I go to coffee with people who are, um, you know, what are other entrepreneurs, by the way, are like, what are you? Because I just, I refuse to be tone deaf. And I think that there's a lot of people who are very successful who are just tone deaf to that stuff. And it's not that they have to be um, speaking out, but there is an acknowledgement that I think needs to happen at some point. And, you know, I mean, I, I want that to be more openly discussed. At this point in your life, do you want to go more the, fitness coaching road or the life and business coaching road because you do both really well thank you is there one that you want to focus on more than the other i do mostly business coaching at this point so i do have fitness programs still and i still i consider myself a fitness professional for sure and nutrition i have a whole nutrition philosophy called moderation 365 but it those are um, more like direct to consumer just programs that people can do on their own. So there's no like one-on-one coaching with me on that. I'm not doing like one-on-one like customized anything like that. Um, I do all my high ticket stuff as business. Now has your fitness business been, I can't even say this with a straight face. Has your, (laughs) has your fitness business been hurt by the fact that you're too jacked? <laughs> He's not even looking at me right now. And you're, and you're too muscular. And, and, and this someone, question directed if, if, someone, if someone follows your workout programs, they're going to wake up swole. Just because I hope I, they do. I mean, that's the whole point. Just because just I love your soul. For the background, for people listening at home, there's always like a post. I think it's like a weekly thing where some dude's like, oh my God, you're stacked. You want to arm wrestle? You want to wrestle me? Well, I wouldn't mess with you. You're the biggest person here. Yeah, it's like a running I thing. I know. Well, maybe you can uh, like, oh, just life. shed some light on that. What is I'm, up with dudes who feel like they need to comment? I mean, I don't take it personally because I'm just like, I do understand. I think it's just because they want to have a conversation <laughs> or they're inter- something's happening or they're just insecure. But I'm like, why even say it? So I, from my perspective, I'm jealous when people say that to you. 
Mm-hmm. I wrote that on your Instagram for I'm like, why aren't people saying this to me? I want to be jacked. I want people to ask me to arm wrestle. Like I feel, <laughs> yeah. but I really think that comes from a place of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you, and, and, and it, I'll, I'll take it away from like a man judging a woman about being right, too right, muscular right, right. or too big. Right. I think if you feel the need to go out of your way to comment about somebody's physique in a snide way, like kind of like a passive aggressive way, sure. I think it's a problem that you have. Yeah. I think it's like an insecurity or, or, or jealousy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, what are you going to do? Say to a short person, like, Hey, little fella. Right. Like, it's yeah. just something right. that you would, you wouldn't do. Yeah. And I think it's one of those behaviors that people think is okay, but it's not. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you're right when you say that there's an insecurity because it may actually be coming from a place of, of love of somebody saying like, I want to try to compliment you. I don't really know how to express myself. I don't want to sound like a creep. And now they're really overthinking it. And then what comes out is like the worst thing you could choose. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or, or even just ask, hey, you look like you're really fit. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah. I get that someone comes like, hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's, that's how they grow nope. in Canada, right? Don't. And, and people, people ask me, well, you don't work out. Well, why? I'm like, Honestly, I'm, I'm, the Vikings came over to Canada in the 1200s. Uh, they, they founded a colony in the Arctic, and, and I'm a direct blood Viking line from <laughs> Eric the Red. And they're like, <laughs> Right. Yes. And they believe you. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> like, because if you're going to come up and touch my arm, be like, oh, pipes, you work out. It's like, you know, I can't, I can't. have this talk. How about you just ask me right. a question? What is, uh, because you're heavily involved in social media. Yeah. I'm not saying you live your life on social right. media yeah. all day, but it's a big part of sure. your business. What is something that you love about social media? And then on the other hand, what's something that you absolutely hate? Because I think everyone has a love-hate relationship. You know, I mean, the thing that I love is kind of what we're talking about. You know, if if I share that someone like, you know, this happens to me quite a bit, is someone will just be like, hey, Jill, like, nice to meet you. You're jacked. And I'm like, thanks. And so I think there's, you know, whereas before I think I would have taken that in and been like, ah, like, does that mean I'm too big or like, am I a man? Like I just, whatever. Right. And now my practice has been just being like, thanks so much. Like, and, and I think when I share that on social media, that's what I love about it is we have an opportunity to be an example of an alternative perspective of seeing something like that and really like owning the fact that like you're jacked and like that you work out and like, why else would I work out? Like, you know what I mean? In a way, And so I can't complain when people comment on the exact physique that I've been working to to create, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's where I go. And I think there's an opportunity to have a more nuanced discussion around that. I don't like the old, just like the, the typical narrative of like, it's bad to be jacked or like, they're just, you know, and so I think that we have an opportunity to rewrite that story. And and I'd love social media for that because there are people and I'm not a, a huge influencer, but I do have a small, you know, small audience that pays attention. And I think, and they've said, like, you know, part of it, people have said to me, like, you embracing your quads has helped me embrace my legs, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's a big deal. And so I think that there's an opportunity to do that. Yeah. And that's one of the things I've actually, I'll be honest, I've stolen from you. I gave you credit for two weeks and then it made it my own, but I stole (laughs) it from you. But one of the things that you have kind of taught me to teach people to own their own reality. And that's the big thing. Like, if you're happy with yourself... You almost build like an impenetrable bubble totally. around yourself that people can't can't get. I always like, say ownership own brings. Truth. I always say ownership brings options. Yeah. I'm just like if I'm the one who owns it, I get to dictate the narrative. So I've already said it about myself. So when someone says it to me, I'm like, yeah, I remember I said it first. There's like there's ownership and power in you just saying it first, and then nothing can really hurt you in a way. So when you say like it's independent, like it's almost like um, 
the more vulnerable you can be, the stronger you become because you're the one who, you know, so your honesty is kind of like it's your most powerful tool and just own your decision. I think the idea of, so I'll give you an example. I don't want children. And I think a lot of people will say stuff like, you know, aren't you going to regret it? And I always just say like, regret is a choice. Same thing. And if you're going to have a decision, I'm not going to make a decision and then feel bad about it for the rest of my life. I'm going to just like own it. And then what, okay, what else on the table? That's off the table. What else is there? And I think that's why I say ownership brings options. You're the one in charge of the narrative. Well, and you know what? I, I liken that to the out of shape person. There's two types of out of shape people. The person who's, I don't have time. I'm so gross. I need to work out, but I can't. And they just complain and complain and complain. That drives me crazy. I don't want to be around those types of people. Uh, One of my good friends, when I was in Toronto, he actually asked me a question one day. He's like, why do you hang out with me? Like, what do you mean? He goes, I don't work out. Like I'm not into fitness and it's your whole life. And I said to him, his name was Danny. I said, Danny, you never complain about being out of shape. And he'll bluntly tell me, hey, I, you know, I'd rather watch football than work out. <laughs> right. I don't and you can care. Respect like, that. A, like a six-pack abs is not a deal breaker right. for my life. And people who own it and are confident, they're refreshing to be around. Yep. And they feel a lot better about themselves. I mean, that's the real key. Like if you are cool with your choices. And the opposite is also true, right? There's a lot of people who are in shape who complain about their right. body. Yeah, for sure. And hate their body. So it's like, it's not just about if you're out of shape. I think it's just an attitude of you know, are you willing to take action? And, and even if you find yourself complaining, I think there's something to like, like venting for a period of time, but then go like, okay, I either have to shit or you have to pot. Like, I think there's something about like, okay, you're going to do something about it. Or are you just going to fucking own it? Yep. What's one thing you hate about social media? I mean, there's probably a lot of things, but is it, (laughs) is it, is it, is it, is it, is it haters? Is it negativity? Is it the, the people out there who, Try to pretend to be fitness and business. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, I, I really do love social media a yeah. lot. You know, I don't know that there's, I mean, the one thing that I don't think I hate about it so much as I just like wish that I didn't feel this way on some level is I do feel the, the need to, to maintain relevancy. And so sometimes like, for example, I did a 10 day road trip around uh, California like two months ago. And I was in Yosemite and we had no service. And I had like some anxiety around that. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I was literally getting mad at myself. Like why can't, I can't go two days without social media. But so I don't like, I wouldn't say I'm dependent on it, but I, I feel as if I, if I'm not answering DMs or I'm not making sure that people feel seen and heard that I'm losing relevancy or that I'm, someone's going to think I'm a bitch or what. Like, and so it's kind of those kind of things. So I'm going to start, I think taking some like deliberate time away. You know, just practicing. I don't know if you saw me breathing into a brown paper bag, <laughs> but I dropped from LTE to one X and I'm like, Joe, we can't do the podcast here. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, it's the worst oh, internet. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, can't, I can't be here anymore. Um, but I think that's true for all of us. Yeah. And I think we think it's more important than it is. Yeah. Oh, like, it is. Oh, it's so like self-indulgent. Like people are going to miss right? me. Yeah. And, like people but, are going to wonder, like they don't give a shit. They don't know where I'm at. Well, that really, that's been a theme of our week out of interviewing trainers and yeah. professionals in the business is that it isn't as important as you really think it is. Like it's important. No, it's, important it's a lot of you. fun. Yeah. yeah. But it's not the deal breaker. Well, no, I mean what? No. 2% of people are even seeing your post now. So it's yeah. like, believe me, no one's wondering so, where you went. I went through a thing where I had a hard time. I'm like, I have 65,000 followers and only 500 like this. Like, was mm-hmm. it terrible? Does everyone hate me? And then I realized, no, maybe only a thousand people saw it. Dude, I'm just, I, so my mantra is just post and move. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it'll blow up. Sometimes it won't. Like if I'm launching a program, all right, all right, Jill, like you got to bring the eyes. This, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. I'm like, if you're not getting eyes in, there's no, 
way anyone's going to even see the sale. But, you know, if it's just like normal everyday posting, it's like I'm going to post what I feel on that day and, and, and you just teach, let it sit there. You teach social tactics, yeah. social media marketing yeah. at your business stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people. Um, you are 37, correct? 38. 38. I am 41. We grew up in a time where if we had met in university and I wanted to call you, I'd have to call you on the landline. Oh, yeah. And like your dad might pick up and yep. be like, hey, who are you? And, you know, it was <laughs> yep. just a different world. If sure. we wanted to meet at the coffee shop at nine o'clock, you had to be there at nine. There wasn't no like I'm on my way. You couldn't or, text I'm yeah. on the way. Like we lived in a different era. Sure. And there's a lot of people in business uh, who listen to us that are 45-year-old marketing executives that don't understand Instagram at all. Yeah. What are like your three top things you try to teach people at a class? Yeah. That can get them from zero to a hundred. Super basic. So if you're just getting started, maybe you're a health or fitness professional or, and you work in the gym or a health coach or something, and you want to start building your online, maybe distance coaching roster, you're like, okay, I, you know, maybe have some clients that moved away. Maybe they will be, so there's something called attraction marketing, which is basically like the content that you put out, you will either attract or repel your ideal client or the person you want to work with. And so I think, um, yes, being authentic, I'm not a huge fan of like crafting the perfect copy to make sure that you like get the person. Like, I just don't think that we're in that age anymore. I think okay. those kind of like scripts aren't working. So the most important thing is there's three types of posts that I recommend people doing, especially for personal branding. So if you're, you're a person, people, coaches, people buy coaches, not coaching. So it's like, people are going to buy you not like, cause you have the best workout program. I wish that was the case, but workout programs and nutrition are pretty much commodity. So uh, the first is stories. People need to know what you're like, who you are, what's your story of struggle? What did you overcome? What are some things about your um, personal story that, and not like you're necessarily like your home life and stuff, but like, what are some things that are relevant to them so they can start to see themselves in your own story? So chances are you want to help someone who's a previous version of you. So when I started in health and fitness, I was helping people who were previously obsessive dieters like I was. And that was like the first iteration. And so I would tell stories of, you know, binge eating and depriving myself and gaining weight and rebounding and all those kind of things. And people who are in that space who need that help were like, oh my God, where you were five years ago is exactly where I'm right now. And so that connection piece is really key. So the first is stories. The second, so it's the three S's. The first is stories. The second is solutions. So this is where you put your teacher hat on and this is where you're, you become the experts. This is where like I have people write a list of like frequently asked questions. If you were at the gym, what would someone ask you if they walked up to you? They'd be like, you know, what protein powder should Sorry, I get? I'm, I'm going to start taking notes. I apologize. <laughs> so yeah. we're going to, we're going to back up for a second. So the first one is stories. Yeah. First is stories. That's the first one. First and S. I'm assuming for personal brand, the more personal, the better, like you're sharing your personal experience. The emo more emotionally charged. And that's not a tactic, by the way, people learn in emotion. So for example, you're not going to be like, I walked into the kitchen. Then a man said something. Then I walked out the door. Like, that's not right. Like, that's a story, right? Obviously, that's a factual, yep. like, kind of telling of the facts. But what I want to know is how did you feel okay. when you were overweight, when you were struggling with obsessive dieting, when you were, um, you know, running marathons and, and getting hungrier and gaining weight and, like, all those kind of things. I want to know how that felt. What were the feelings that you woke up with? What were the, you know, were you, did you feel shame? Did you feel guilt? Did you feel embarrassment? Did you feel... Um, you know, like you defeated, did you feel despair? Like those kind of things. That's what we connect with as a person, right? So if I'm trying to attract, right? Attraction marketing, I'm trying to attract the person who wants to work with me. They're going to go, wow, Jill has the same story as me. She gets me and she's been able to get to this next level. Maybe she could show me the way, right? So of course I'm not consciously thinking that, but that's kind of the idea. The second is where you, people need to also see you as competent. 
So this is where your solutions come in. The second S is solutions. This is where you become an authority, right? Because there's, we all know those people who just dump their stories on the internet. There's nothing that's inspiring about them Mm -hmm. at all. You're like, why do I feel worse after reading this? Right. It's like, it's almost a sob story. It's like a dear diary kind of a thing. There's no kind of turnaround to here's what I'm trying or here's what the solution might be or whatever. So the second is you do have to actually be an expert too. People want to feel connected, but they also want to feel like there's something that you can, that they can learn from you. Right. So you have to be in a real expert, by the way, not just like a, Here's, I'm an expert in my own body kind of thing, right? Like you need to actually have mastery over a subject. In addition to being an expert, is this where you would offer actionable advice? Absolutely. Like, hey, you have a problem with this, go do this. Yeah. So that's where, that's why I always say like come up with the top 20 to 30 common questions or concerns that you could picture people asking you at the grocery store or the gym and literally just answer those questions as if the person was right in front of you. So for example, if you're a trainer, don't overthink this stuff. I mean, as, as professionals, sometimes we go super high level. We want to talk about biochemistry and hormones and things like that. Think about what the average person, this happens to me all the time. I'll do like a free webinar on nutrition and I'll be talking about moderation and mindfulness and all these kind of like high level concepts. And someone will go, what's the best protein bar to eat? And I'm like, are we still fucking there? Like, I'll just, and that, but I have to remind myself yeah. that like, yes, we're still there. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think try not to overthink it. Just be the number one resource for I have this handful of people. Right. Cause they, they know what pro, there's, you can Google what protein bars, blah, 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 but they want to know what protein bar you would say. And so that's where it's like, Hey, here's what protein bar to have. Here's why I would choose that. Here's how to look at the label. Right. That's where you, you're the expert and you kind of share your, your um, expertise. And then the third is your services. The last S is your services. This is one of the things that I feel like people don't share enough. I'm constantly talking about my products and services, but not in a like, use car salesman type mm. of way or right? not like come down to the lot and right. I'll give you the discount. <laughs> yeah, like it's not, fear, right? yeah, that's what we think we're going to yeah. come off that way. But you know, remember if your service is a service, an actual service, then you should be talking about it confidently. So I'm not always like, Hey, swipe up to buy. I'm like, I'm on my call with my coaching women and we're like crushing this. And here's something that we talked about today. Like I'm teaching as I'm talking about my programs and products from a contextual perspective. And so you need to be talking about ways people can give you money. And a lot of times we don't do that because we're scared. So, so we, people will say like, wow, I love your stuff. I didn't even know you did coaching. And you're like, yeah. yeah. Would you say that then you have to sell? I mean, that's why like, oh, yeah. like, to a selling. degree, like you got to sell something. We're always, there's a book called um, To Sell as Human by, I think it's on the shelf somewhere by um, Daniel Pink. Okay. And his whole thing is we're always, always selling, right? So if you have a point of view, you're selling it. You know what I mean? Like we're also always trying to sell a point of view, sell our opinion, sell something, you know? So I think it comes down to like, on some level, you have to have something you stand for. You have to have a line of sand. So yes, I do think that you need to be talking. If you want to make money on the internet, you have to have a way that people can give you money. Yeah, it's funny, and if you're Bobby, not making money, then you're doing for business. This, this lady's making sense, Bobby. You tell me the same <laughs> stuff all the time yeah. about my story and what I need to be doing. And I'm just like, yeah, 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 whatever. She's making sense. <laughs> and honestly, you, you teach it so much better than I do. Like I'm so long winded. I'm probably stealing the three S's too. If you yeah. see me post that, yeah. I'll give you credit. Like yeah. I said, for two weeks and then it's mine. Um, <laughs> did you learn to do this somewhere or is this like your, your, uh, cause these are questions we get asked sure. regularly by not only trainers, but the person that has a great idea that wants to build their brand. And yeah. you see somebody like Gary V yeah. has built a whole like platform sure. on this. Did you take classes no. or is this just something yeah. you... So uh, really, uh, when people started approaching me about business in 2012, I had, had Jill Fit um, 
for about 18 months. And I was like, you know, I just, I don't really know, but I can teach you what I've done. And so I was basically teaching the blogging model at first. And then I was teaching like, okay, here's what I've done or whatever. And then over time, and anyone who's a true creator, like it, it maybe your health and fitness professional, like at some point you have to have your own IP in a way, right? Like you can't just regurgitate. I think we all start regurg- by regurgitating someone that we've learned from or yep. a blog we've read or, you know, our, our mentors or whatever. But at some point, like I'll give you an example. So if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm a health and fitness professional and I got certified with CSCS, I probably have their material. Maybe I got certified precision nutrition. Now I'm using their materials. And like, that's great up until a point until I start getting enough reps that I'm seeing like, wow, I work with a hundred clients now and like 70 of them or so are really struggling with like this mindset component and precision nutrition, not teaching that. And CSCS isn't teaching that. So like, what would be my solution to that? Right? Like what, how am I treating that? And then I reverse engineer that. Right? So I go, okay, all my clients are really struggling with this piece. What, what did I do with them to help them get over that? And I was like, okay, here's the questions I asked. Here's the, this exercise that we did. And I start coming up with my own protocol to deal with that thing. Right. And that's how any creator kind of works as we work out of our experience. Right. I don't sit down and write three S's. I was just like, okay, if I think about it, all of my clients are struggling. What are the things that they want to do? And so I started doing this in business as well. Moderation 365 came out of the need for, I was teaching fat loss. I was working with fat loss clients and people were struggling. They were obsessed with food and they were counting and measuring and they were not getting results. And I was like, what is happening here? And so that's where moderation 365 came out of same thing in business. It became, it came out of a need for what I was seeing in the space. I wasn't like, I did start regurgitating people that I learned from at the beginning. This is Derek Halpern's system. This is Brendan Burchard's system. This is, you know, things like that. And I would always credit people, but over time I had enough clients and reps that I just thought of it myself. <laughs> so can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, my therapist said that I have to make myself more vulnerable so I can blend in with other earthlings. Okay. So <laughs> question for you. Yep. Do you follow me on Instagram? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just, I just asked because not, there's this whole thing about like, oh my God, she doesn't follow me. I'm like, well, maybe you don't like pictures of steak. Like maybe it makes you hungry. Maybe you don't want to yeah. want to see that. Sure. What are, uh, are there some things about my Instagram that you would fix or that you would like to see? more of or do you pay that much attention to what other people do I hate to say but I just don't to be Mm -hmm. honest I think there's a switch that kind of happens at some point where you go from a consumer to a creator if that makes Mm -hmm. sense you kind of just and it's not that and and I do feel bad because even some of my clients are like you're not looking at my stuff and I'm like I have so many fun clients like I wish I could watch your every single story and like whatever but tag me if you want me to look at it and I'll be happy to give you feedback but I just don't have the time or capacity is that a service you offer like could I hire you to like look over my feed and be like wow you need more of this you need less of that like because it's you can do it later today for free I would love that it'd be an Instagram audit but I'd like that but it would be because it's really hard because Joe and I audit each other Yeah. yeah But it's really hard to see yourself from the inside. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. I feel what I'm, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but sometimes what I think I'm posting isn't it how it's being received. Sure. Or mm-hmm. the other thing is, is like what people see. Right. Like I tend to pick up on your posts about being jacked. Yeah. Because I think they're <laughs> yeah. really, really funny. And I'm like, okay, that's yeah. what I cue in on. Yeah. There's probably other things you post that are just... Not relevant. Gone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or if I see a picture of you, I'm more likely to look at it. Sure. Because I'm interested in what you do. But then right. sometimes other things, like if you post a meme or a... Sure. I might, I might not even see it. 
Where can people find you to 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 audit my Instagram? That'd be great. Yeah, (laughs) they can tell me. You know, go to back to the point of like you can. I don't think you can ever control how you're perceived. I think that's what's really hard. But to your point, sometimes the comments will tell you, and you're like, whoa. You're like, I didn't realize that. Hmm. I didn't realize to say it like that. Yeah, or or like, wow, I didn't realize it would come off. I'll give you an example. Like I posted about, you know, I'm very much about ownership and personal responsibility and radical responsibility, even. Um, and I was talking about like, you know, the power of choice and stuff. And I had this person comment and say, you know, I usually love your content, but for people who are struggling with mental illness, this really isn't, uh, can't be applicable, you know? And I'm like, you're right. But this, but she's seeing it through the lens of, because mm-hmm. maybe she has experience with her own, you know, anxiety, depression, whatever it is. So she's seeing my content through her lens and I'm like, wow, you're so right, but I can't asterisk everything to be yeah, like, yeah, but I didn't yeah. mean this, but I also mean this, but also this. Like, So I think you just have to do your best and then let the chips fall. So there's a, a theme that runs through our podcast, and it's definitely running through this conversation. Uh, and it's this idea that, like, how does somebody get fit? How does somebody even get jacked to begin with? And the answer is simple. It's not easy. It's simple. <laughs> yeah. You've got to work really hard at yeah. it. So how did you get from the fitness industry into more like business and development yeah. and getting it. It's like you work really hard at it. Yeah. You know, when somebody posts a comment, you're just not like flippantly scrolling past it. Like you, you digest it. You, you look into it. Um, again, you put effort into being better at what you're trying to do. When sure. you, you find a spot where you're, you're maybe lacking or your sure. clients are lacking, you're finding solutions, even Definitely. if it means going to the library and checking out a hundred books. Yeah. My question, and I think it would be really helpful for our listeners, is where did you come from? Because you weren't just like beamed down from the Starship Enterprise onto Earth with everything put together and everything figured out, right? Yeah, you know, I think I see it as an opportunity because so many people won't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm looking at it like I'm trying to be like I'm trying to be super fucking successful. I mean, I don't want to. I'm not going to apologize for that. Like I want whoa, whoa, to be. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't like. That. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying to get next level. So right. for me, like those things do matter. I think most people will brush over a comment or they'll at the very slightest bit of resistance, they'll be like, oh, delete, delete and ban. And like, I'm just like, I don't know. I think there's a more nuanced conversation to be had around some of that stuff. And also I'm obsessed with uh, personal development and, and self-awareness. So I think a lot of it comes down to, um, really just so like my, my own personal story of just feeling like I wanted better tools. And so like the initial story again was when and I always talk about this, but it's so relevant. So it's such a big part of my personal story is, you know, her learning that my husband had an affair. And then you just go like, damn, I remember I went to Barnes and Noble and like, hooked up a book and it was like, um, what to do when your husband cheats or what? I don't even know what it was. And I was like embarrassed to be in it. Yeah. It was just like, (laughs) exactly. It was essentially that, but it was all like stuff like make him pay. And like, he needs to apologize. And like, you have to go to a couple, it was just like stuff that I, again, I didn't feel empowering. Yeah. It was like, I got what I got to sit here and like, wait to be picked. Like, I don't like that. So I think, um, really it just be, it came out of a need for desiring a way to feel in my power, no matter what is happening in my life. And so I want my clients to feel extremely empowered too. So for me, there's always solution. I always say, I can see it as a puzzle. I can see it as a pain. So it's like, internet business. Like sometimes social media sucks, but I can see it as a pain. The algorithm sucks. I can see it as a pain or I can see it as a puzzle. And I just go, we always have an option to get better. And I think that that's, I'm always looking for that option. And I do feel like that's an opportunity switch. Cause I think like you said, a lot of people won't do that extra little bit of digging mm-hmm. or, or go into the nuance cause it feels hard or it feels inconvenient. Where, where does that tenacity come from? Was that innate to you or is that something you've learned? 
I think it's just sports, to be honest. And like, I, I was really lucky to have two really strong female role models growing up. Um, my mom and then my dad's second wife, my stepmom, both very similar, uh, both single parents at one point and just strong women, like very strong women, very self-sufficient, um, not victim mentality. I remember my mom telling me my parents divorced when I was two. And my mom telling me I went to a, like a women's support group for like divorced women. This is like in mid eighties. And she said, she was like, I only went to one um, went to one class because everyone, all the women in the room were just complaining about their husbands the whole time. And she's like, and I didn't feel that way about your dad. So I was like, this isn't for me. And I was like, I just remember having, uh, women who just went to work, you know, and just like went to work and they just didn't complain about it. And, you know, didn't miss any, you know, weren't like calling in sick all the time and just handled their shit. And to me, that was, I, I did, I don't think I realized what a big impact that has been until the last couple of years. Oh, that's a powerful statement. Yeah. Just yeah. handle your shit. Right. And now I can see it because obviously I work with a lot of, you know, different people and, and I tend to attract people who are huge action takers too. So, and it's been, and that's great for me. That's good. So I have just two more questions. Sure. One, how do you deal with haters? We go back and forth this all the time. <laughs> we've actually almost every single person we've podcasted with this week, it's come up. Really? Like it's yeah. come up like, and, and some people block, some people walk away and then I go after people. I mean, it's, like... It's, it's kind of what yeah. I do. Yeah, I mean, like, what, what's a what hater, you, really? No, but people yeah. that, like, go out of their way to make negative comments on your stuff. Yeah. Do, you, do you engage, or do you, are you like, no, just leave it alone. It does more trouble than it's worth. So, for, first of all, I don't get a, a lot of them. You so, don't. to be honest, I don't get a whole lot. I think because okay. my conversations are pretty nuanced anyway. Yep. So I don't leave a lot of holes, to be honest. Like I, and I personally like love debate. Like I love discussion. I love debate. I don't see it as scary to talk about politics. Someone who I don't agree with. Like I like all that stuff. So for me, if someone is like, I don't know, maybe it's a flippant comment that could be taken. Like, um, they're being rude. I don't always assume that they're being rude. I maybe assume that they're confused. I try to give them the benefit of the first okay, time. Screw you. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm talking yeah. like straight. Yeah. Joe knows I get a yeah. fair amount of sure. this. <laughs> what, what do you, what, what's your advice? Like do you block, yeah. do you move on? Do you just ignore it? Do you say, I'm trying to think, thanks like, for coming. So I mean, and I'm sure you get this too. You know, my people go after that person, you know, so I don't have to really do much. So you let them police sick, it for you. Sick them, boys. Let's Sometimes go. I'll just put like LOL or OK, bro, or something like that as like a funny. I don't take it personally. You know, things like that used to ruin my day when I first started. You know, oh my God, someone doesn't like me. And it's like, this is just a person with a keyboard on the other side of whatever. So now it doesn't. Now it's more like humorous to me than anything. And also, I think that comes with time and practice. I think. If you get a hater or a troll and you're not 100% confident in your what you're putting out, then you're going to take it a lot more personally. It's almost like they hit on the thing that you were already insecure about. But if you have mastery over your material and you're, you feel like you've seen all the angles, there's not a lot of room for, you know. So, I mean, I would do that or I'd, I'd probably, maybe I would delete it or I'd just see, I would leave it for a couple hours to see what the response was. See what happens. Just out of curiosity. I don't take it personally. I don't think it... If someone said something to me that like that comments about mental illness or something where maybe I'm not coming off as sensitive to certain subjects, I will definitely listen to that and engage with that. Right. So you keep the feedback. But basically. I don't give, I don't like, I'm not like, you're, you're right. Like I don't, I don't yeah. go right to there either. I go like, that's really interesting. I never thought of from that perspective. Do you have any resources that you could share mm, on the thread? Oh, like I, I'm, I try yeah. to like turn it into like an educational thread. Educational talk. Yeah. And then number two, we're supposed to work out later today. Yeah. 
Are you nervous, sad, <laughs> anxious that that you're not going to be the most jacked person there now? Well, like, hey, this... we're going to Gold's Gym Venice, so I don't know if you've ever been, but there's a lot of jacked people. So what you're saying is I might not even be the most jacked person. <laughs> well, and now, so... now I'm anxious and nervous. Here's what I'm nervous about. I'm not worried about. I know you like to go hard, which I'm not worried about, but I don't like to be in the gym for a long time. Okay. I'm more nervous about how long the workout might be. I don't know. <laughs> it depends. I actually... I work out for like 30 minutes. No, no, no. Funny enough... There is the myth that I work out hard all the time. Not necessarily true. There's I the see myth you just put your highlight reel on, on Instagram. Hold on. Pause the, pause the podcast. We got to talk about this fake from a marketing standpoint. Fake weights. Yeah. No, no, no. But, <laughs> but there is this misconception, and I'm sure it's the same with you. You like, I almost find it hard to reach people because, like, well, you just live in a gym all day. Yeah. That's not true. Right. Like, we've been running. We're in L.A. We've been running all over. Like, we barely had time to do anything. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes... I was going to tell you, you're looking a little soft, actually. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. This week. This is why you keep certain people this in why I circle. keep you yeah. around. I like you. But, like, sometimes my workout might be 20 minutes. But what people see through the internet is, for example, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to look like Jill. I'm never going to be fit like Jill. Right. She lives in a gym all day. Right. Well, you're telling me you well, part don't. of my market, part of my marketing is, is short workouts, right? Yeah. All my workouts are super short and but I talk about that. Despite the fact that you talk about that, people will still see sure. what they I get a lot of people who say, see. well, you know, you didn't get that body from doing 20 minutes of work. And I'm like, no, I got it through a lot of through genetics, to be honest. A lot of playing sports for like 20 years, yep. you know, like, I mean, so yes, but that doesn't mean that like you can't make a difference in your own physique this year. I don't care if you're 45 years old, 50 years old, 60, yeah. like, you can still make an impact. It's funny. This has been super helpful. Yeah. Really. Great. Good. I want to take notes. I want to take the, how do I sign up for the class? Uh, you can just uh, sign to the DM at Jill Fit on Insta and uh, right. and Facebook. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And that was our interview with Jill Coleman. Joe, uh, I was left with the, uh, how do I word this? I always try to sum these things up. I don't even know if we need to in this case because she's just a person that's down-to-earth, hard-working, intelligent, driven. And it's showing in not only the success she's achieved, but more importantly, the people she's worked with. Yeah, and I think that's really the the story here. Um, what the, the way that she presents herself, the way that even this conversation just flowed, there's like a natural progression to everything. She's very much on point. She, there's you know someplace she's going and she's going to get there. Um, it, it's absolutely inspiring to hear her story. Uh, and I, I'm particularly inspired by her tenacious pursuit of excellence in whatever she's doing. It's it's incredible what a person can do when they put their mind to something. Yeah, there's no fakery or filler. No, it's none at all. all. It's just yeah. straightforward, hard work and effort, which which I love. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a big thanks to Jill Coleman for being on the podcast. And uh, it's time to pay bills again. So if you guys are listening, go join the MaximusPodcast.com. It, supports us uh, to do this podcast otherwise we couldn't you know really afford to do it so go check out the maximus podcast if you use our content if you uh, appreciate it then please sign up we also want to be able to interact with you there's a lot of good people a lot of downloads every week um and people who comment about how much they love the podcast and we'd love to talk to you offline about things that we talk about and yeah. we'd love to help you so the maximuspodcast.com sign up for the inner circle and uh, let's continue this conversation there. Cuz you're the last of a dying breed.